0: for your working in hearts, for your answering prayers, for, Lord, the fact that we can pray one for another, and, Lord, the comfort that that brings. We just uh, want to thank you that we can trust you with the future. We do not know what the future holds. We do not know how things are going to work out at, in, in complete, but we can trust you with what we do not know, and have your word to give us the confidence of what we can know. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ye kids or staying, right? Okay. And the rest of us, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus. And I, I will tell you, this is a sermon that I did preach this morning at Community Baptist Church. And uh the Lord laid it on my heart to preach it again here because the message is one that we we both need, both churches need right now at this point. And uh hopefully it'll be just a little bit different than this morning, but uh not not terrible amount, but uh I want us to start in verse 15 of Exodus chapter 14. I just want to give you the direction that we're going, the context of the message, and then we'll kind of put everything together, I hope, and and make sense of this. But look at the last phrase of verse 15. This is the story, of course, if you're familiar with your Bible, this is the story of Moses and the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. And in verse 15, God is speaking to Moses and he says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and here's the title for the message, that they go forward. I mean, here we have the children of Israel encamped between the Red Sea on one side and the armies of Pharaoh on the other And God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now, that's a whole lot easier said than done, is it not? Uh, Yet, when God gives you the direction, He makes things happen. Amen? And uh, praise the Lord. Uh, Some of you have uh, maybe picked up a a little uh, stoop in the shoulder on occasion, a little burden... Uh, here going out back and forth and asking you repeatedly to pray for the Community Baptist Church, that we'd be able to work our way through these things, uh, the Constitution, the bylaws, and, and all of those things. And I do want to say this. None of this could have happened without the patience and the prayers of the people of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Uh, if you did not give me the freedom to be gone on Wednesday afternoons, and of course, it's not just Wednesday afternoon. It's an hour and a half to two-hour drive out there, an hour and a half to two-hour drive back, uh, and then trying to talk to people and putting things together. And there just were some things here that had to be put on hold until we could uh, deal with the uh, all of the details uh, that needed to be dealt with there at community, but uh, today was uh, was a great day, great service out there, a day that the church actually did what this verse is, they, they went forward. We've closed out the old business, we've basically drawn the proverbial line in the sand, uh, as you said, and really giving this church a chance to start over now i do want you to understand uh open door bible baptist church has given quite a bit uh time wise and you've shared uh allowed me to take time to to go out there and and do those things but we're also i told them i said what more can we give to the church than allowing Andrew to go out and become the pastor because that's that's really going to cut us short on a lot of different areas, and uh, and and I've been praying about this as as this began taking shape and uh, one of the ladies there just asked the question, why would he? How did this happen that he would even want to come out and help us? And uh, I hope Andrew doesn't mind me sharing the story a little bit. I did out there and. And it was simply this, as we went out and we talked and we tried to work through this thing, I remember just going to Andrew. I said, now uh the the candidate that they had, Brother Neil, did not work out, and uh, uh, let's uh, start looking around and And pretty soon, a couple of months later, I asked Andrew, "Well, what do you think about it?" And he said, "Well, I'd be kind of disappointed if somebody else went out there." I said, oh, okay, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's put on the brakes here. I'm not going to be calling around so much anymore until you you see what the Lord would have. And, and I will tell you this. Uh, Long term, nothing's really changed in our plans. Uh, and we do not know what the future holds, and so we put that in the hands of the Lord. But I will tell you, there are some things that need to be learned and some growth that needs to happen Uh, there is only one way you can know what it is to be pastor and that's when you are the pastor and so um, I I believe this is a good move I'm 100% behind it and uh, I think that uh, God is capable of working everything out 360 and making both churches be encouraged and blessed. But I will tell you this, as I told the the people at Community this morning, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And we're not just talking about building work. Uh, there are people that need to learn how to talk to people and bring people into the church. And so uh, we want you to uh, want them to pray about that, but also... Uh, I really believe that God has some people here in our church with some talents and abilities uh, that are going to have to step up in many different areas, and we're just going to have to go forward. But as a biblical illustration, I want to use the Red Sea Crossing to kind of give us a look at how God does things, how God makes things move forward. And... Uh, And I I do hope and pray that you would be encouraged here. But let's start in verse 1 and just work our way through this story. Because an awful lot happened before God told the children of Israel to move forward. And an awful lot happened after He told them to move forward. Amen? And so we start in verse 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and a camp before pi ha excuse me, pi ha between Migdol and the sea, over against Baal-ziphon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. I think one thing that is often missed as uh, we preach about this time, as we explore this Scripture, that as Moses entered into this time, as he was following the direction of the Lord, he already had the battle plan. God had explained to him that I want you to take the nation of Israel. Now, remember, there were 600,000 footmen, wives, children, a mixed multitude, between two and three million people. By the way, that's double the mass on normally Times Square. If we hit a million people on New Year's Eve or a million two, that's a pretty good sized group. So, you're talking about twice the average group gathered in Times Square on New Year's Eve, following Moses out of the land of Egypt. Now, stop and think about that. This is crazy. Amen? Well, no, it wasn't. It was God's direction. And God tells Moses, I want you to turn off the main path, And I want you to park the children of Israel. I want you to move them to a place against the Red Sea. And, of course, we understand that it's the Red Sea, not the Reed Sea, like all the commentaries say. And and, uh, the water was, this was deep water. This was not something that you were just going to cross. And and, uh, the children of Israel were there. And God said, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. You see, there was one thing left in the land of Egypt that God had not destroyed. Pharaoh himself and his army. Now, could you imagine what might have happened had not God taken care of Pharaoh's army and Pharaoh here at the Red Sea with the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 years? They would have been Easy pickings for the armies of Egypt to come and retake captive and pull them back into the land of Egypt or to slaughter them. Uh, They were not an army at this point. The armies really weren't developed until they entered into the land of Canaan. And even then, the first battle at the Battle of Jericho, that was not won by sword and spear. That was won by the power of God. Amen? And so... Moses was aware of the plan that God was going to detour the nation of Israel in order to destroy the armies of Egypt, the only thing left. Now, we have a multitude of miracles that are happening here to make this whole thing come about. How many miracles did God work... To get the children of Israel to the encampment beside the Red Sea. I mean, when Moses came in and showed them the miracles, put his hand in his vest, poured the water on the ground. What did the children of Israel say? You've put a sword in the hand of Pharaoh to kill us. That's what they said. And, and just to get the children of Israel, the first four plagues, if you remember, did affect the children of Israel. Uh, the first three. It wasn't until the fourth one, the lice, that God separated between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. And, and God was trying to get the children of Israel their attention. By saying, listen, I am the great God. I am the God of your fathers. I am the God that promised you the land of Canaan. And I want you to pay attention to me. They hadn't for 400 and some odd years in the land of Egypt. Not much. Once Joseph and his uh, 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 generation had passed away, Uh, they still knew about God, but that was about it. And someone told Moses enough about God that he chose to be identified with the God of Hebrews rather than the God of the Egyptians. Read Hebrews chapter 11, and that could have only been his mother. In the few years that she would have had him, not any later than five years old, and then he would have grown up in the palace of Pharaoh. God destroyed and attacked every god of Egypt. He put the sun out for three days. The greatest Egyptian god was Ra, the sun god. Uh, they worshipped Beelzebub, the god of the flies. And so God sent the flies in to infest the land. Uh, he, he sent. Uh, they they worshipped the god of the river Nile. And the first plague was God turned it to blood. I mean... They did all of these miracles to get the land of Israel and the children of Israel set free. The last one, of course, was the destruction of the people of Egypt. Every family had lost their eldest son, their eldest child. The genealogy of the land of Egypt, the dynasties of the king, everything had been destroyed. And, and God was so thorough, He even went through the animal, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the bulls and the domesticated animals of the children of Israel and killed all of the firstborn of those. There was, there was no continuous bloodline left in the nation of Israel when God was done. And that night, as they buried their dead, Pharaoh called Moses and uh, sent messengers, did not even go to him in person and said, get out of the land of Egypt. And he said, pray for me also. But it didn't take him long to change his mind, now did it? But I want you to stop and just take a moment. These plagues didn't happen all in the same week or month. It was a period of Of six to eight months as these plagues, one after another, destroyed everything that was left in the land of Egypt. It's now April, Passover and on Passover night, they leave the land of Egypt and then God tells them, take a detour. How many of you have ever taken a turn and wound up in the wrong place? Well, I'll tell you one time Don't ever do this in the Ozarks. Uh, How many of you know where the Ozarks are between Arkansas and Missouri there? Man, I took a wrong turn on a dirt road one night, and the next thing I know, the road was chunks of gravel this big. And I had a little Ford Escort. The wheels were turned sideways, and I was just sliding down the road. And then came a river. It was was almost as wide as this first pew to the back pew there. It was about 40 feet wide, and it was a low-water bridge. How many of you know what those are? That's where they bring a bulldozer through, and they push all the big rocks out of the bottom of the river and then pour hydraulic cement under the water and let the river run over the bridge. It was about 10 o'clock at night, pitch black, and I couldn't even tell how deep the water was. Terrified. well the children of Israel got on a detour and now they're looking out at the Red Sea they're stuck God had done all of these miracles to put them in that exact spot at that exact time and were they grateful hello were the children of Israel happy about where they were Absolutely not. In fact, let's just read what it says here. Uh, Verse 10, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us uh, away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. I do want you to take one note. Where did these people die? The children of Israel. The ones that were complaining. They died in the wilderness, didn't they? Because they had refused to obey God to go into the land of Canaan. You better be careful what you pray for. Uh, God is listening. And He knew what was going to happen. But I want you to understand that just because God is working all the miracles and God is moving everything doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be comfortable. Amen? It means... You're going to be where God wants you to be so that God can do the miracles that God wants to do. So now we've talked about the children of Israel. Let's take a moment here and think of all of the miracles that God did to get Pharaoh's army to this point. You talk about insanity. Here we have all of those plagues that happened. They just buried... The Bible says that Pharaoh, when he gathered his army together, he put a captain in every chariot. There were no enlisted men in this army. This was every leader, instead of leading his troop of men, was now put in a chariot to fight. He said, I'm only taking all of my best men, all of my leaders. I'm not taking any of the... The privates, the people who don't know what's going on, it's only going to be officers. Wow, what a formidable army. No general in history since has been so foolish as Pharaoh was on this day. Have you thought about the hand of God that moved Pharaoh to do such a foolish thing? to take every leader of his army and put their lives on the line, to chase the nation of Israel, whose God had destroyed the land of Egypt. Uh, How in the world did they get enough horses? Because many of the horses had been killed in the plague of the hail and the fire and all of those things. He had emptied the land of Egypt to chase the children of Israel. More than likely, every captain had buried a son. And they were going to get their vengeance. Wow. And then the children of Israel turn and get stuck in the Red Sea and they can't go forward. And Pharaoh hears about it and he takes the cream of his army, the best of his equipment, all of his chariots, and they go after the children of Israel. Would you do that? I mean, stop and think of all of the destruction in the land of Egypt. Then you're going to chase the people you finally set free. This is beyond insanity, is it not? But this is what happens when you choose... To disobey God. If you want to study, go through your Bible. You'll find that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then God hardened it. And God hardened it again. And he says, I'm going to harden it one more time. He said, when I'm done, there's not going to be any more Pharaoh. There's not going to be any more army. And then, Pharaoh gets there and his chariots and... and Horsemen and everything come right up against the children of Israel and that pillar of cloud that covers the children of Israel had been leading them toward the Red Sea now picks up and moves to the back of the army of the children of Israel and deposits itself between the Pharaoh's army and Pharaoh and the children of Israel. Can you get the picture here? Here you have this massive of people, the children of Israel, 2 to 3 million people. And they're following a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. And all of a sudden, this thing picks up and moves and lands itself right between you, the Pharaoh's army, and the children of Israel. Don't you think that'd be enough to scare the living daylights out of you and send you home? And then they see the Red Sea open. Imagine a wall of water 60 feet high on both sides. Now, you read your Bible, it says they went over on dry ground. They weren't slopping through the mud and the puddles. There was dust rising from the children of Israel as they were marching through the valley of the walls of water. How much insanity would it take to make you walk down in there chasing these people when you have this cloud that is total darkness giving darkness to you and it gave light to the children of Israel so they could see where they were going all the way through. They didn't even need Thomas Edison to invent streetlights. God gave them their own light. They could see everything they were doing but the children of the, the Egyptians couldn't see anything. It was just total blackness. And they followed the children of Israel down into the valley of the walls of water. No one in their right mind would be so foolish. Now, would they? But, of course, favor wasn't in his right mind. Hadn't been for quite a long time. And just the time the veil lifts and they're able to see the children of Israel on the far shore. As the morning light comes, the sun peaks over the horizon. They look and they see the children of Israel. And you could probably hear Pharaoh saying, On to the slaughter! And then they see Moses standing up there like this. And then they look. And that wall of water begins to fall apart and come down in. And their chariot wheels are uh, knocked off. Could you imagine the fun the angels would have had as kicking off the chariot wheels and just watching the Egyptians turn in circles? And it says that they drave them heavily. They, finally, they got the idea, we are in trouble. But those walls of water came down and there was not a soldier, including Pharaoh, left in his army. Nothing. Could you imagine back in Egypt as the days go on and they hear nothing at all. As Pharaoh and his army would have ridden out as the Bible says with a high hand with shouts of victory and Because the children of Israel had no... But when we get to the crux of the sermon, we have the Red Sea, the children of Israel, Pharaoh's army. And the people of Israel are saying, You just brought us out here to kill us. Now look at Moses in verse 13. And Moses said unto the people... Hear ye not, stand still and see the salvation which the Lord will show you today, for the Egyptians whom ye have not seen whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Now boy, that's pretty powerful, is it not? This is before the Egyptians are destroyed. Moses said, You're never going to see a one of them ever again? The God is going to show you his salvation, and you're going to hold your peace. That's a nice way of saying, you're going to shut up. And, but then look at the next verse. Verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Do you get the... Moses is there looking at the children of Israel saying... You're going to see God's salvation. You're never going to see these Egyptians again. God's going to fight for you and you're going to be quiet. And then, God, what in the world are you going to do? I love that. Because that's where we find ourselves, right here. How in the world do we move forward? Well, I want you to understand. God did a whole lot of miracles to bring the children of Israel there. He did a whole lot more to bring the Egyptian army there. Moses already knew the plan, so why was he worried? Because he was a human being. How many of you have ever been concerned, worried about whether God's going to do his work or not? I want to tell you, God always does his work, God never ever fails. But he's going to put you in a place where it is not very comfortable. Hello. And here was God's answer. Moses, you tell the children of Israel to move forward. But, aren't you glad God puts a conjunction in there? I mean, he puts them at the most critical place. For the wages of sin is death. But, The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He said, Moses, you tell them to move forward, but I want you to take that rod. And we could spend the whole evening just talking about that rod of God. Used to belong to Moses, but now it was God's. Amen. And he told Moses... In verse 16, But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thy hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all of his hosts, upon his chariots. And upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. You see, you have a choice each one of us do in our lives. Either we're going to go forward and serve the Lord... Or we're going to fail. What would have happened to the children of Israel if they had just went back and surrendered? God never gave them that option. And God does not give his children the option of failure. The only reason we fail in our service for God is because we purposefully choose to disobey God. Now, I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that got to happen. I've got it on the prayer list, all the details necessary to get Andrew moved out there. There's a lot of them. We got his ordination coming up and then just getting moved out there. We've still got several weeks to cover uh, uh, with the different uh, men here to to make this thing happen. And and we're just looking forward to seeing all that God's going to do. It's going to leave a big hole here at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. But I let me ask you a question. And this is just something that we need to make sure we're all on the same page with. You see, churches are important. Keeping a church from closing is just as important as starting a brand new one. Amen? And it only takes one thing. Uh, I teach this in the inner-city missions class every time. I said it only takes one thing to start a church. Uh, That's a lifetime. I I think after 26 and a half years, we got a pretty good start at Open Door Bible Baptist. Amen? Uh, But... This is what Brother Clayton told me a long time ago. He says, listen, if you're going to grow, if you're going to see things happen, everything's got to change. Because what you were doing isn't working, so it's got to change. Well, guess what? We need to move forward. Community needs to move forward. If you're going to serve God, you're going to move forward. Amen? Are we still together? And God is the one that does the miracles. I love this. God tells Moses, you lift up your rod and you divide the Red Sea. Who divided the Red Sea? Moses did. God told him to. But God is the one that did the work now, isn't he? Ah, hello? Hello? God wants to use people in His work, and just about the time Leland and Rachel really get settled in and really start helping and things really start moving in the right direction, God's going to move them on. Uh, you know what? Get used to it. If we're going to see God work, we got to move forward. And God wants us to have churches established. He wants us to keep churches open. And and I will tell you, between here and Riverhead, uh, there are some churches, but nothing that I could recommend without serious reservation. We, We need that church to survive. But we need open door to continue to survive, amen, and to grow. And the only answer is for each of us as individuals to realize that we need to go forward. That there are things in our lives that are going to have to change. God's done an awful lot of miracles to bring us to this point, and this is not comfortable. But that's okay. Because we want to go forward. Can we say amen to that? We want to see God do the work. The only problem is, He's already given us marching orders. Go ye into all the world. Well, are we going to get that done? No, God is. But He expects us to move in the right direction, doesn't He? And so, tonight... Just as I asked community this morning, can we covenant together to move forward for God, to take responsibility, to step in. And by the way, if you want to know what that responsibility is, get busy where you are and we will give direction. as we serve the Lord together he is the one that does the miracles now I'll tell you Open Door has had its share of miracles amen but isn't that wonderful what happened to Brother Franz two weeks ago or three weeks ago when the man who owns the building just said huh I'm going to give you the big meeting space on Sunday mornings that's yours for free that's because that space had been scheduled to be turned into physical therapy space. It was going to be lost. Now Franz has got a bigger place to meet in. I, I just love when the Lord does the miracles. But that would have never happened if Brother Franz hadn't just stayed faithful. Even when the heat was out and it was cold. Now who cares if the heat's on or not, right? Right? Because we got that uh, global warming going on outside to keep us all nice and warm all summer long. And so, uh, friends, family, members of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church, go forward. But, God's going to do the miracles. And we got to make sure we're in the place that God wants us to be so that He can keep doing the miracles and all God's people said. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we...